Rise and Recover with Nancy and Kathy, speaking about addictions, connecting with communities, and making a difference. We are women in recovery with a desire to bring awareness and healing to recover our world. Hey everybody, Nancy here. Kathy here. Welcome to Rise and Recover. Here we are. Uh, Today's episode, we are going to talk about sobriety during COVID. So important. Mm -hmm. Uh, A great topic because a lot of us are struggling in recovery today during this pandemic. So we decided to pick a quote from Mother Teresa. And the quote will be, uh, the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. Oh my goodness. I think that that basically sums up my uh, feelings prior to getting into recovery. And, um, and then of course, just kind of just struggling with it for a long time in early sobriety. But, but just think about it, like during COVID, just all the isolation and the quarantine and the social distancing. Absolutely. I think that's the best, uh, that quote that you could actually hit because it, this was such an adjustment for people to be unable to go out and to socialize and to, especially people in recovery, you know, going to meetings and seeing other people. That's something we need in early recovery. I think in general, just Brene Brown said this, and I love this. She said, we are wired for connection Mm -hmm. and uh, humans are wired for connection. We need to have social interaction and the, the recovery community has that ability to network a lot. You know, there's so many different meetings in 12-step recovery to be able to attend and what have you. And, um, and then just people in general um, that, that aren't part of the 12-step world, but, you know, people that churches shut down and, and businesses shut down and uh, just everybody, schools shut down. There's just so many levels that, that people became isolated. Yeah. They've been affected. I really, I could see, I have an 82-year-old mother who really had a hard time when church shut down. Isolating from her friends was a big deal. I work in uh, the um, geriatric population in, um, in a skilled nursing facility. So I work in COVID uh, every day. And I deal with families on a daily basis that are just frantic about not being able to talk to their loved ones, not being able to see what's happening during their care in our facility. Um, It is something I've never seen in my lifetime. And I'm kind of proud, though, of how we're all reinventing the wheel and trying to make things happen during this pandemic. Everyone. The, um, there's a, the facts, uh, a statistic came in, I should say, uh, that over 81,000 drug overdose deaths occurred in the United States in the 12 months ending in May 2020. And this was the highest number of overdose deaths ever recorded in a 12-month period. And this is according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. Wow. 81,000. Wow. Because the highest number pretty much was like 72, just roughly. And I'm just, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, but it was 72,000 
you know, or just a little greater than that. Mm -hmm. But that's a lot of people, right. and and so the also I I have read a number of different times uh, about August and September that that they were equating about twenty percent extra in rise in overdose, wow. and um, and so and suicides as well. I mean, right. I don't know the percentage for that, but I'm just saying that. It, the loneliness mm -hmm. factor and the ability to uh, feel that that you're helpless uh, just skyrocketed during this. Well, I think it's clear, and that's something that this pandemic has brought on, uh, that people need social interaction, that we are all hardwired that way. And even if we thought we weren't, having this happen really brought that to the forefront. And if it's like statistics are showing up with suicides being higher, you know, it's the isolation and it's the inability to make that connection with the person that you need to speak to, um, maybe your therapist or, you know, I mean, I just think that there's so many things that shut down and I'm not sure if people really knew how to handle all of this in the beginning. It was really, um, I think the shutdown was just a shutdown, you know, and then later on we had to really come up with ways to connect again. But I don't think it was an instant thing. You know, I don't think, I think so for a little while people were really feeling uh, more isolated than they ever had been before. I remember when my, my first 12-step meeting on Zoom, you know, uh, it was, jeez, um, it was probably, I think it was maybe about a week into it, people scrambled and, and, and figured out how to get our uh, home group up and running. And, and I just remember everybody on it. It was just so unique because it, it, we could, you know, the fact that we could be at our houses at an, an, an AA meeting, you know, it's just crazy. And, um, but I remember in general, the thing that I could feel the most was that everybody was just so grateful right. for the fact that they were just all kind of like already living a day at a time and that they had each other, that the, the ability to possibly deal with this crisis in this, that they that they could they they could apply everything they've ever learned within the rooms of twelve step recovery, if that makes sense. What a gift, right? Mm -hmm. That if anything, I guess you don't want to sound a little snotty, but it made us almost better able to handle this situation, having had the program behind us. Well, certainly, I mean, there's a you know there's a degree of like, you know, once when you get sober and you've been sober for a while. Yeah, you can kind of get lackadaisical and one, you know, that's just, it's, you're not as vigilant as you were maybe uh, the first, the first couple months in, or the first year in early recovery. Because the first year I remember in early recovery, it's like one day at a time, break it down to one minute at a time mm -hmm. sometimes, <laughs> you know, where's your head, where's your head where your feet are at and, you know, you know, get on your knees in the morning and ask God to keep you from a drink and at night, thank God for mm -hmm. keeping you from a drink and a drug and, and and you know there was these disciplines for me oh and make sure you call your sponsor mm -hmm. you know you gotta make sure you stay connected make sure you call make sure yeah. you call pick up that phone pick up that phone right yeah 
so true. And you know, it's funny. I think that these uh, Zoom meetings, for me at least, have been fantastic because of working and having a long schedule. And my days are really long. I love going to a Zoom meeting uh, on my phone. You know, I love it, love it, love it. I'm in like Connecticut. I'm going to all these different <laughs> meetings in all different states I'm and listening to all these different people. And I mean, I will say the amount of people on these Zoom calls can be unbelievable. I mean, right? there's sometimes a hundred and some odd people on a, exactly. on a Zoom call. That's fantastic. I it's, mean, fantastic. It's a, Yeah, I remember the first time I said to myself, holy smokes, I can go to a meeting in New Jersey or mm -hmm. South Carolina at, at noon. Which one do I want to go to? I mean, if somebody had told me that back in February of 2020, I would have been like, what? Right. What are you talking yeah. about? You know, and then here I am in April of 2020 actually able to say that. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? I love I, that. Yeah, I do too. And it really is cool to listen to everybody else's sobriety and listen to how things are done and it's, I think it, that, that's been a wonderful thing for us in sobriety. Yay. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it wasn't easy. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure. It, and you know what? I was talking to somebody else, and I don't know who it was now that I'm thinking about it. That's kind of new in sobriety. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, well, maybe a couple of years. And they were saying how they really missed the human connection. They really missed the in the rooms kind of thing. They were, um, I, they had uh, meetings out in parking lots and things like that. And they were attending as many as they could to just be in the same space as another human person. So I, I guess there's so many sides to this whole thing, you know? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I was just talking to somebody else the other day saying, oh, I can't wait to be able to go to a live meeting again, mm -hmm. you know, and be able to actually see people in person. And, you know, of course, I, I look forward to that too. But, but I too have found it extremely beneficial to be able to, um, just tap into meetings uh, all day, anytime during the day, because I can now, yeah. you know, I can. And, you know, and so, so basically, folks, uh, remember or know that AA and NA and all 12-step fellowships out there are alive and well. Mm -hmm. You know, they, meetings are happening um, on the internet all the time. They're easy to find. You can just go to uh, the websites of those 12-step, you know, those 12-steps websites and and get the information but uh yeah they're there so so that's really helpful to know um i also just wanted to say that i think that it was, it's been very very interesting for people that are new in sobriety to go to meetings mm -hmm. on and get sober on, yeah, on the internet really, yeah you're right you're right because usually you feel a little bit more with somebody next to you saying, okay, come on, share, be, yeah. And I guess when you're one of a hundred people maybe on a Zoom call, how are you as a beginner getting your hand up and getting, you know, picked to share or anybody there coaxing you to say, hey, you know, put it out there. You're right. Because I remember coming into the rooms of AA and I remember a woman named Olga <laughs> sitting, grabbing me the minute I walked in the door. Yeah. The minute I walked in the door and she goes, oh, so you're new? And I said, yes. And, and she said, okay, you'll sit with me. 
And this here is uh, Lynn, and she'll be your sponsor. And I, I mean, it just was all created for the the minute I walked into my first AA meeting, that was created for me. And mm -hmm. that's how it went. And I did whatever I was told to do. And <laughs> that's exactly how it took place. So you're right. I don't know what it would be like for anybody new in the program. I do say that I see a lot of uh, new people that get a lot of support. Good. From the from the people that have been in the the rooms of of Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous a long time, they they create a space and and there's a number of beginners meetings out there where they actually ask the beginners to share first and who's a beginner and raise your hand if you're a beginner and you know and we'll go through the beginners first right mm -hmm. so so there's definitely support around the beginners, if anybody's listening to this and has never been to a meeting but thinking about maybe checking it out. And also the other incredibly cool thing is, and, and I've actually shared um, Zoom links with people that that may just want to consider popping in, you know, mm -hmm. seeing what it's like. You know, you yeah. want just want to just see, just so you're better informed. You don't have to, you don't have to get sober and stop using substances. But just in case you want to know, here's an open meeting, and you can have here's the link. Check it out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because I, oh my, I think that I never thought I needed to go to AA. <laughs> What? Maybe to observe for nursing school. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I mean it's it's an opportunity for people to just just to learn more about it, to mm -hmm. see if maybe that it relates to them or they can identify. That's true. I you know, for me I can only speak for myself mm -hmm. and I will say that if somebody didn't actually sit me down and put that in front of me and do what was done to me, I'm not sure how forthcoming I would be on raising my hand at a beginner's meeting or sharing anything at a beginner's meeting. Um, only because I was, I was, I felt beat down. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I, I had so many isms and yuckiness about me that I just didn't think that, um, I think I had to sit for a while and really listen to other people talk before I knew exactly what it was I was going to say. I, you know, I, I, I think I was always that person too that when I got sober I um I felt like it was shameful enough that I had been there and done what I've done and gone where I've gone um but to tell it was almost like a little calculated like oh my gosh how do I even put this out to the universe right how do I tell my story and not <laughs> You know, it was, I don't know, it was embarrassing, I guess. Gosh, and you know what's so funny is I was like the exact opposite. It was like, pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I have something to say. So, and I still am kind of like that, unfortunately. I try to be balanced. What can I tell you? <laughs> That's good. That's good. But I, um, I think that what's interesting is that um, I was talking on an interview uh, a couple of weeks ago on a podcast that um, we were uh, it, we were welcome to come do, uh, and the the young woman that's part of alumni in recovery and and me went on and we were speaking about you know sobriety during COVID, and my experience, you know, compared to hers was completely different. My experience was, was, oh, this is great. I get to get still and get to retreat 
and you know really get in touch with my inner self and and enjoy the quiet meditate more and you know um listen to nature because it was it was pristine out there the first couple weeks i mean because there was no fossil fuels going on nobody was driving as much as they was you know nobody really had any place to go mm -hmm. and and there was no planes in the sky so i mean everything was just so quiet you know except for nature and uh, i was just you know just soaking that in you yeah. know getting into the whole inner self you know and um and then i was listening to this young woman and she's like that wasn't my experience at all because i have been so busy trying to catch up for years that i've you know been out using substances that I've been catching up with school and work and internships and going to meetings and sponsoring people and doing all sorts of stuff. And then all of a sudden, everything went away and everything shut down and I was left with not doing anything. And I was like, wow, oh gosh, just stopping mm -hmm. and getting still. But isn't that a lesson, right? So you have a maybe we have age on some people and that brings us to a different level but if anything it's a great lesson for this young lady to have sat and thought wow god forced upon us the stillness that's what happened as you know we all have to sit and be okay with sitting it's it, really so it's it's something because you know, we all have these patterns. I mean, I get into busyness as much as anybody. We all have patterns. And and patterns can be addictive. You know, it's it's just a, a, a form of the brain function. And so they're habits. And all of a sudden, everything's like, you know, taken away. All the patterns are broken for everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and what do we do with that? Do we kick and scream? Where do we go with the flow? Mm -hmm. And and so I think that there's a lot to be said, uh, you know, and I think that sobriety during COVID allows us to consider ways that we engage in stillness. And, uh, and, and, and what is that about? It's, for me, it's about the breath and, and just getting in tune with that. And that's a whole nother episode. Yeah, that's absolutely. a whole episode. Thank you for joining us on Rise and Recover, which is brought to you by Alumni in Recovery, local people speaking about addiction, connecting communities, helping others save lives and making a difference together. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or go to our website, www.alumniinrecovery.org. Big thanks to Michael Venus for our music.